Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru, or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Looking for a different approach to money? Meet Gatehouse Bank a Sharia-compliant UK bank built for the modern world. We help home buyers to purchase or refinance their home, provide buy-to-let funding for landlords, and offer award-winning savings accounts. Wherever you're going, get there a different way. Get there with Gatehouse. To find out more, visit gatehousebank.com. Before we dive in, I'd just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsor, PensionBee. They have helped over 70,000 customers be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. They also have a great Sharia compliant pension option as well, which is why we personally really like them. And you can check out a review of their offering on the Sharia side on our website. Inshallah, we're going to be carrying on. For those of you who haven't been to any of these sessions before, the idea here is that we have a quick 20-minute, ideally, tafsir session where we're going to go through the Qur'an slowly and systematically. There's no rush. And we're going to focus on those ayat of the Qur'an that are finance and business and career and money-focused and just make sure that we're essentially replenishing our iman regularly every week especially given you know the kinds of topics that we talk about at Islamic Finance Guru you know I think it's very important in particular for us to be encouraging this kind of reflection because the spiritual and the physical come together in Islam the physical and the metaphysical both come together and that interplay is what creates I think a successful human being and a successful Muslim Um, so it's important for us to have both in mind so with that, inshallah, today we're going to talk about the 26th verse, verse of Surah Ali Imran. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, qulillahumma malikal mulk, tu'til mulka man tashau, wa tanzi'ul mulka mimman tashau. وَتُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ بِيَدِكَ الْخَيْرِ إِنَّكَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ تُولِجُ اللَّيْلَ فِي النَّهَارِ وَتُولِجُ النَّهَارَ فِي اللَّيْلِ وَتُخْرِجُ الْحَيَّ مِنَ الْمَيِّتِ وَتُخْرِجُ الْمَيِّتَ مِنَ الْحَيِّ وَتَرْزُقُ مَنْ تَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in the Quran, he says, Say, O Prophet, O Allah, Lord over all authorities, you give authority to whoever you please and remove it from whom you please. You honor whoever you please and you disgrace who you please. All good is in your hands. Surely you alone are most capable of everything. You cause the night to pass into the day and the day into the night. You bring forth the living from the dead and the dead from the living. And you provide for whoever you will without limit. So these are the verses that inshallah we're going to talk about today. And the very first thing that comes to mind when you read this verse, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has complete power over everything. And the Prophet, he is being encouraged, قُلْ This is a command to the Prophet to say this stuff about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in other words, this is a command, as the Mufassirin put, to be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, he is the one who has authority and dominion over everything else. قُلْ اللَّهُمَ مَالِكَ الْمُلْكِ He is the one who is the Malik, the king, the commander, the ruler of the mulk, the authority. The mulk can also be, you know, kingdom. And تُؤْتِ الْمُلْكَ لِمَنْ وَتَنْزِعُ الْمُلْكَ مِمَّنْ He gives that authority, that dominion, that power, that rule to whomever he pleases and he takes it from whomever he pleases as well. وَتُعِزُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ Honour and disgrace are both in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hands and in his hands is all khair. بِيَدِيكَ الْخَيْرِ الْخَيْرِ This is a definite article. So this is all khair is in your hands, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Surely you alone are most capable of everything. So the first thing that the Prophet is being asked to do is to be thankful. And it does make a lot of sense that Islam came into this world from Arabia to a man who was unlettered. He was illiterate. And the Bedouins were the laughing stock of the world. In fact, most of the world didn't even know anything about them. And completely unexpectedly, Islam took root and then it spread. And then it spread to where many of us hail from, the subcontinent or Eastern Europe, Africa, all across Arabia, all over the world, Islam has spread. And that took a lot of quite unlikely events to take place one after another. And, you know, we should be incredibly thankful as Muslims, as Mu'mins, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he didn't put us in that test of, you know, making us not Muslim when we were born. And then we have the, then the challenge of either accepting or rejecting Islam. And I think a, potentially a much harder challenge than when we are born as Muslims, there is at least a prima facie warmth towards Islam, which means that our akhirah is much more likely to be successful. And, you know, there are so many different ways in which we should be thankful to this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has power over absolutely everything and yet who has given us so much as a result of that. You know, we are in the UK. We are in the top 1% of people globally from an economic perspective. We are healthy. We're comfortable. We've been through one of the most difficult traumatic disastrous events in recent times which is COVID-19 and yet actually if you think about it you know there have been many many more worse times like World War II and you know all sorts of other events in history that were absolutely horrific 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has blessed us in so many ways that we really can't even begin to really count the blessings that we have. So that's the first thing, I guess, to say. The second thing that I really wanted to reflect on, and you know, this came home to me through some ash'ar, through some poetry of Imam Shafi'i. The second thing is that power and izzah isn't something good necessarily. So sometimes we confuse this verse with saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one who gives power and izzah and these things are good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he distinguishes in the verse between good and that is something that is in his, in his hands, he says. But he doesn't say that that is the same thing as power and izzah and honor. Because those are two separate things. And uh, Imam Shafi'i, he says in a wonderful poem, he says, Strong vultures eat the desert's carrion, while little have all the honey won. So the vulture, he is very strong and he eats, you know, the desert's carrion, the desert's dead animals. And while the little people, the bee, she's the one that is drinking up all the honey. So power and izza isn't necessarily always a good thing. And another wonderful shi'ar from Imam Shafi'i. تَمُوتُ الْأُسْدَى فِي الْغَابَاتِ جُوعًا وَلَحْمُ الضَّأْمٍ تَأْكُلُهُ الْكِلَابُ وَعَبْدٌ قَدْ يَنَامُ عَلَى حَرِيرٍ وَذُو نَسَبٍ مَفَارِشُهُ التُّرَابُ In the forests, lions die of hunger. While fat muttons fed to dogs who are servile. A slave may, might sleep upon a silken bed, while nobles rest on dirt where men have tread. And Imam Shafi'i, he's making a wonderful point here where again, you know, the we see in, in the world those who have power, those who have quote-unquote honour, those who have authority, those who have fame, they may not necessarily be fundamentally good people and these are not necessarily things that are fundamentally good things so this is an important point to just reflect on here as well and you know these are when someone is given good or bad both of these things are great tests and being given power and being given authority and fame or wealth whatever these things may be these are all tests for a human being as the prophet uh, Suleiman alayhi salam he said to his uh, court when he heard the news about the Arsh of Sheba. He said, who can bring it to me? And then, That the one who had been given the knowledge of the book, he said that I can actually bring this to you before you even blink. And then he blinked. Uh, Suleiman when he saw this in front of him, immediately he said, this is from the bounty of my Lord, to test me if I am thankful or if I am ungrateful or if I am someone who does kufr. So Suleiman he understood that this complex web that is life is actually a test in every single form that it appears to us. You know, when we are in plenty, that is a test to us if we are going to be thankful. And when we are in hardship, that is a test to us that if we are going to be patient. This is an appeal on behalf of National Zakat Foundation. The pandemic has affected us all. And although lockdown is now easing, many vulnerable Muslims are still struggling to make ends meet. By giving your zakat in the UK this Ramadan, you'll be giving hope, confidence, 
and dignity to your fellow Muslims facing hardship. Let's make this an amazing Ramadan for everyone by giving our zakah with NZF. Give now at nzf.org.uk. So this is something that you know we should adopt as well. And then the third point that I wanted to make was that Allah is the best of planners and He knows what you do not know. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in this verse, He is the one who gives to whom He pleases, He removes from whom He pleases, He gives izzah and disgrace to whomever He pleases. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He does these things, He is the best of planners. Um, he is the one who is the best of creators and there is a method to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan. When the angels, from the very creation of human beings, when the angels were shown Adam salam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, I'm going to create this creature. They said that he would uh, he would spill blood on the earth and he would cause fasad in the land. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, قَالَ That I know that which you do not know. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows far more than we sometimes are able to see. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in another verse, and they say, why is it not this Quran was sent down to some great man of the two towns, talking about Makkah and Ta'if, is it they who would portion out the mercy of your Lord? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is saying to these people that, you know, you think you know better whom this Quran was supposed to be revealed to. No, I know better whom this Qur'an should be revealed to. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says in another verse, he says, Asa an takrahu shay'an wa huwa khayrun lakum. Asa an sa'an tuhibbu shay'an wa huwa sharrun lakum. Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. Perhaps you might hate something and it is good for you. And perhaps you might love something and it is bad for you. Wallahu ya'lam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one who knows. Wa antum la ta'lamun. And you do not know anything. That's the third thing that I really wanted to draw out of this verse. And how important it is that we are people who work hard and have a vision and then are looking to execute on that vision. But then at the same time, we are humble enough to realize that, you know, this is a, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is judging us on the intention. And he is the one who is ultimately, you know, the one who is, think of yourself on a ship on the sea of life. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the one who controls the sea and the weather. And whilst you may be making good decisions on which direction you're going to be taking this ship, ultimately you are at the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all he is looking at is that you get the method right and you approach the process with us as a clear and successful mindset as possible. You know, there's actually a stock investing analogy here where you could have 20 people, let's say a million people, a million people, they invest various different stocks and they have a million different portfolios. And then let's say 30% of them do quite well. They do above market returns. Then the next year you repeat that and maybe another 30% do well. And you repeat that over 10 years. And eventually after five, 10 years, there's only one person who has perhaps been in all of those successful portfolios. And this is completely by chance, right? And that is not a successful method because that person is just using chance. And it might be that that correlates with success, but that isn't caused, that success isn't caused by his actions. So similarly, you know, when we are talking in the spiritual realm, it might be that we are doing or being seen to be doing great good, doing salah, doing ibadah, doing this, that and the other, you know, speaking our Arabic words with a proper ayn and a proper ha or whatever. These are simply manifestations of 
what should be the real heart of the matter, which is the iman and the taqwa. If that isn't right, if the method isn't right, if the attitude isn't right, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he isn't going to be that impressed by the external facing aspects of this. So we must make sure that we have the right method in what we do. And then after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is the best of planners. And then really the final thing that I wanted to say today was that as a Muslim community, as an ummah, we are relatively weak, you know, speaking frankly, and we are not well represented in many different spheres of life. And yet this verse should give us an incredible amount of hope for the future. Allahumma malik al-mulk. I mean, what an incredible statement of power. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that he can give power and take power. He can give honor and take honor and he can disgrace. He has all good in his hands. He is the literally the treasurer, he is the literally the person who holds the keys to everyone's wildest dreams and beyond. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, He is most capable over everything. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he can literally, anything that is in existence, he is over that thing, qadir. He is over that thing, powerful. He is over that thing, capable. He can he manipulate that thing. And by the way, this is a side point. But this is actually an interesting answer to people who say, well, you know, is an all-powerful God capable of creating another all-powerful God? Or, you know, those kind of philosophical debates that you have. This verse is an answer to that. Allah subhanahu wa he isn't making a claim that he can do logically impossible things. He is saying that he is over all things, i.e. things that are in existence, uh, powerful. So that is the extent of the claim. It isn't that he is all-powerful. It is that he is, over everything that exists, powerful. So that neatly sidesteps that logical fallacy or that logical problem. And then, actually, before I share with you the final verse from Imam Shafi'i, the other thing that I wanted to mention here was that if we have this incredible Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is powerful and capable of doing so much, and Muslims are so far behind. We haven't had, you know, a khilafah for hundreds of years. We haven't really been, you know, firing on all cylinders and contributing to the progress in the world for possibly many centuries now. And we are relatively weak wherever you look. You look at the Uyghurs, you look at Kashmir, you look at all sorts of places all over the world. Muslims are sadly under trodden and they are not the most influential or powerful in society and not only that but they are also not the most useful and beneficial members of society either and yet this verse should give us a tremendous amount of hope that you can pull that around really quickly you can pull that around as quickly as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills it and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he can literally do anything right he can literally give power and take power give izzah and give disgrace to whomever he wills and that's an enormous amount of hope for us prophet when he was standing in the trench and he was digging and the sahaba said here's a rock that we can't break and he went over to it and he struck it 
with his spade and a huge spark came out of it, a light came out of it. And he said that with this spark, I see the keys of ancient Syria are granted to me. I can see its palaces at the very moment. And then he struck this rock again and he said, Allahu Akbar, I see the Persia is granted to me and I swear by Allah, I can now see the white palaces of Madain. And on the third strike, he said, Allahu Akbar, I have been given the keys to Yemen. I swear by Allah, I can see the gates of Sana'a while I am in my place. And here he is, a man who's covered in mud in a trench, facing a host of 10,000 people, um, facing very, very difficult odds, in fighting a defensive war. And the Munafiqeen and the Yahud at the time in Medina, they were scoffing at him and saying, you know, what on earth is this guy on about? And yet, within a few decades, all of these things came true at the hands of Bedouins, whom the Romans and the Persians used to laugh at because of how uncouth these people were. If that happened, and we know that happened as a historical fact, then our situation can be reversed as well. And then the final thing really that I wanted to leave us with was the verse of Imam Shafi'i, تَوَقَّلْتُ فِي رِزْقِي عَلَى اللَّهِ خَالِقِي وَأَيْقَنْتُ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا شَكَّ رَازِقِي وَمَا يَكُ مِنْ رِزْقٍ فَلَيْسَ يَفُوتُنِي وَلَوْ كَانَ فِي قَاعِ الْبِحَارِ الْعَوَامِقِي سَيَأْتِي بِهِ اللَّهُ الْعَظِيمُ بِفَضْلِهِ وَلَوْ لَمْ تَكُمْ مِنِّي اللِّسَانُ بِنَاطِقِي فَفِي أَيِّ شَيْءٍ تَذْهَبُ النَّفْسُ حَسْرَةٌ فَوَقَدْ قَسَمَ الرَّحْمَنُ رِزْقَ الْخَلَائِقِي I've placed my trust in God for my daily bread, without doubt fully certain till I am dead. And my provisions will not pass me by, though at the ocean's bottom they might lie. For God will bring them forth through his largesse, even if my tongue could not needs confess. So how can things then hurt my heart inside, when for all things the merciful provides? So I ask Allah to guide us to the straight path, and to retain hope in him and to have the courage to ask him for those outrageous, audacious things that we as a community and we as individuals need to achieve that take us closer to him and his rida and take us closer to Jannatul Firdaus and then also have the method to work towards it with a sincerity and an istiqama that actually let, lets us achieve it. أقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum.